0: Hello and welcome to the Low Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 130. I am beyond thrilled to bring today onto the show for you uh, Dr. Joan Rosenberg, who is a cutting-edge psychologist, best-selling author, master clinician, two-times TEDx speaker, member of the Association of Transformational Leaders, She's been recognized for her thought leadership and influence in personal development over the decades. Uh, and I mean, I could basically read paragraphs and paragraphs about Dr. Jones' uh, qualifications and achievements in life. Uh, I came across her work first through the own network, Oprah Winfrey. And, uh, but she's been on CNN, PBS, uh, millions and millions of radio interviews uh, across the US and beyond and she's uh, by trade she's a california licensed psychologist and her latest book is 90 seconds to a life you love how to master your difficult feelings to cultivate lasting confidence resilience and authenticity and look i know there is a sea of self-helpness out there in in the land of books and uh often i feel like we are so saturated by uh, feeling like we are defective and needing to get another book to help us be better people, and it never works because we haven't actually done the work to feel the feels. And so this is why this book is just so different. And uh, I was saying to Dr. Joan off off record um, before we were actually after we finished our chat that every now and then you get a goosebump book, and this for me is a real goosebump book because. So often we feel like the problem and the solution are out there, but Joan is asking us to look deep inside of us and spend 90 seconds at a time looking at our difficult feelings and by moving through them, using them as a platform and a springboard for a greater sense of confidence and connection to our true selves, and uh, and a greater sense of resilience. And I know there are a lot of parents in our community who worry about the resilience of our kids. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people who don't bring up difficult topics with their partners, their bosses, their teenager, their friend. Uh, and I, I hear it, I see it in my own life. I, I am it in my own life sometimes. And what today's chat is, is it helps you get a little window into just how special this book is, but we really unpack a lot of useful stuff that you can use from today, whether you have the book or not. Uh, we decided after our interview to make, um, her book 90 seconds to the Life You Love, Our next book club book in the Lotox Club, which you can get all the details on how to join over in uh, on the show notes today. and so I do urge you to join us as a group to read it. Uh, we'll be starting that one in uh, April and chatting to Joan live in our private uh, club Facebook group. Uh, to unpack some of the questions that readers have had, LOTOX clubbers have had as we've read through the book and uh, and talk about some of the key discussion points that we had over the, the couple of months that we give ourselves to read each new book because life is busy. Uh, and so I'm so excited that that's going to be happening as well um, for the club community. So if you haven't joined the club yet, you can always check out the details. We pop it in the show notes every week. Uh, and um, and I'd love to see you there. And I think this is going to be a really amazing follow up chat. But for now, we have so much that gets talked about in today's episode that I know you're going to love. I just want to remind you that uh, Walida are our show sponsor this month, and it's a really amazing offer that we have. So there's a couple of things going on. For one more week, you can enter a competition. Uh, and that is to win one of uh, one of several Skin Food packs. And Now I don't know if you've heard of Skin Food. If you haven't, you have been living under a lotox rock. It is one of my favourite products in the world. It's been around for nearly a hundred years, uh, and the formulation hasn't changed of the original since the nineteen twenties. But what's exciting is is the family of Skin Food has grown, and I know a lot of people are excited about this. So there's now Skin Food Light. There's Skin Food Body Butter, which for the vegans in our community, you're going to love that because that one is vegan. It has no beeswax or lanolin product in it. So there's something for you guys, which is great. And there's also a really ultra-rich lip balm. So between all of those uh, offerings, there is a Skin Food for everybody in there, and I really love the light because in we're, it's quite humid in Australia. So the Skin Food Light works really well for summer, and then that really rich barrier healing cream um original skin food works really well for the winter time or flying or or being on a boat and really needing um or skiing things like that where you really need protection from the elements uh, and so there's a competition. So you've got one more week to enter the competition. And then the other thing we've got going on all month is that you receive a free 75 mil skin food valued at $22.95 with all orders over $69.95. And that one's for Australian residents only. Uh, and the code is LTL Skin Food. And you can go shop on uh, their website, walida.com.au. And, um, and that's, that's what we've got going on. All the details are on the show notes. It is absolutely a product you need in your low tox toolkit. Uh, and now you can decide on which texture, uh, or product from the skin food range is best for you. So enjoy that and, uh, enjoy today's chat with Joan. Uh, I can't, actually begin to describe how much I got out of today uh, and how many uh, little notes I was making and reflections I was having literally live while speaking with one of the best clinical psychologists in the world. Like, how can you not? Right. And I know you guys are going to enjoy it too. Joan Rosenberg. Hello. Hello there. How are you? (laughs) I am so well.
1: How are you? I'm doing great and I'm excited to talk to you.
0: I am so excited you're here. I know so many people in my community absolutely love your work and uh, and this new book is really something very special. I feel like it's a real gift to people. It's kind of this 90 seconds idea. Neuroscientists have suggested a feeling lasts for 90 seconds for a while, but what you've managed to do is to help us navigate the steps to walk through the discomfort in those ninety seconds when it hits because it's always going to hit, like we cannot lead a life where it doesn't hit, right
1: oh no, we mm. would, we wouldn't want that, we no. don't have a feeling of, we don't have a feeling of aliveness if that if we don't experience that, so yes, we absolutely want to feel the whole range of our feelings mm,
0: and so let's start there then, with this idea that feelings last around ninety seconds, starting with a bodily sensation which is so fascinating because we often think it's our hearts and our minds that are doing the feeling, but our body is often the first clue. Can you walk us through what's happening during those 90 seconds?
1: Yes, and I, I want to borrow a concept. So if people are following my work, then what they understand is that quite a bit of it is ground in neuroscience. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a neuroscientist by the name of Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor who made the observation that, that when a feeling is triggered by the brain – there's a, basically a release, uh, a, a rush, if you will, of biochemicals that, that move into the bloodstream. And that that rush of biochemicals activates bodily sensations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, And actually, if you think about it, it's the intensity of that, the rush of biochemicals, kind of the number or quantity of biochemicals rushing in, that actually gives us the difference in a mild as opposed to an intense sensation. So think about... Uh, the heat that you might feel at your chest and then in your face when you get embarrassed, mm. or, or maybe the clenching of your fists or your jaw or tightness of your body or heat at the back of your neck or heat in your arms when you feel angry, mm. or, or maybe the a kind of a, uh, like a feeling that is kind of a sensation of um, in the middle of your chest, but kind of it drops down when you feel sad or you feel disappointed. And, and I'm just giving examples, and, and the truth is that, that these bodily sensations are unique to everybody. Uh, so I, I can just give examples, and then you would identify what it is for you. Right. And, and, and so, but the, but the key here is to understand first that it's these bodily sensations that actually help us know what we're feeling emotionally and that we tend most of us tend to feel or have a sense of our emotional feelings from what we're feeling in our body first right but okay so yeah. so I just got I got to kind of fill in the background here mm. and and then and then what ends up happening is that rush of biochemicals then flushes out of the bloodstream in and I would say can, consider kind of an up up to roughly 90 seconds And that was that that was Dr. Bolte Taylor's kind of observation, this rush of biochemicals and then this flush of biochemicals out of the into and out of the bloodstream in roughly 90 seconds. And and I was again, for me, I was wrestling with understanding what what made experiencing unpleasant feelings so difficult for people. Hmm. And and so the first part of it was understanding, one, that we actually experience feelings in our body first and second, that that if we could find a way to ride those those bodily sensation waves, if you will, yeah, then then and I had an understanding that they were short lived, then we could actually move towards them. So the the key the key here, and I realize I don't mean to be going on quite so no, long. No, no,
0: no. It's important that we understand. But,
1: but, yeah. But 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 the, but the key here, and the the thing that dawned on me is that it wasn't that we didn't want to experience the whole range of what we experience emotionally, I believe we all do. It, it's that we didn't want to feel the bodily sensation that helped us know what we were feeling emotionally. Oh, and, and, okay. Right? That yeah. that's, that's, that's the real kind of twist on it. And, that it. and then with the knowledge that it was only going to last a brief time, then it's like, oh, I can do 90 seconds. Now I'm willing to embrace the feeling or move toward the feeling as opposed to move away from it. And then when we do that, we get the benefits of actually staying present to it. Mm. So that's that's the 90-second piece.
0: Interesting. It, like two things just came to mind then was I heard Brene Brown's voice saying, we can do hard things because that's yes. like her little anthem and they've got the poster where they all head out the door in the morning. I really love that. Okay. Um, so, you know, the idea that it's like things can hit us and it can feel hard, feel uncomfortable, we can move through them. Yep. And then the second thing I thought of was when I quit smoking nearly, gosh, 15 years ago now, Woohoo. Uh-huh. Um, was when when it really was going to be a success was when I dealt with each craving as a wave of physical and emotional feeling uh, and let it pass, knowing that it would be a short time and then I could get on with other things. So that was uh, like a parallel that I drew as as you were talking about that.
1: Yeah, abs- and I would say uh, rock on. So congrats for doing that. And then. <laughs> And then and then likewise um, congratulations I mean yes that's exactly right mm. so it's you you and sometimes the urge to smoke or the urge to distract because I, I consider smoking a distraction mm. uh, the the urge to do that is actually oftentimes coming out of an, an urge to get away from some kind of an emotional state or an emotional uh, or, or a feeling
0: yeah absolutely it's it's Spot on. So, speaking of these feelings, you, you've defined eight unpleasant ones. Yes. Um, so, why do we stop at eight? <laughs> um, what? What? Can you share what some of them are and how how there are only eight? Yeah.
1: Well, kind of like, what's the deal behind that anyway? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, here's here's the thing. I uh, what I. I identified, actually it started out with five or six or seven, and eventually I kind of stopped at eight, and, and I, I could really, the truth be told, get, with, get away with seven, but, but it's, the, it's eight feelings, so let me, let me start with kind of giving people an idea of what they are, and, and they are sadness, shame, helplessness, anger, vulnerability, embarrassment, disappointment, and frustration. And so, so all right. So, like, what's the deal? Why these eight? It's these eight because they're the most common, everyday feeling reactions to things not turning out the way that we need or the way that we want.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I didn't put in fear. I didn't put in anxiety. Both of those are for for, for different reasons, and we may get to that. Mm. And I didn't. And I didn't put in guilt. And I didn't put in a whole heck of a lot of other stuff. I put in what on a day to day basis as I worked with clients and supervised students and and you know, went through life and, and all my all these clinical hours that I have working mm-hmm. with people, it over and over and over again it was these these eight feelings that that people struggled with the most.
0: And what was and the eighth one that you thought, mm, do I put it in? Do I not? Uh, frustration. Ah, frustration okay.
1: Yeah. Because I actually see frustration as kind of a combination of anger and disappointment. Mm-hmm. But but people use the word so frequently. I, I was, you know, want to include the kind of, again, it's this, this common everyday reaction to, mm-hmm. to, to things not turning out well in our
0: life. Yeah. And so given that you're on a bit of a mission, really, to help people move away from feeling disconnected from others, something I pick up on in this book is this desire to help us realise that these uncomfortable feelings can be a springboard to deeper connection. That wasn't something that I'd ever seen framed that way before and I think it's really powerful. Um, and, uh, And something that we're all dealing with today is feeling ashamed, feeling a lack of achievement, especially in the social stratosphere with everyone being thinner, prettier, richer, uh, more successful, more followers, more whatever the the crazy metrics of success we tend to run past ourselves are these days, and um, and so if you could share with us how this reframe sort of came about and and how you see this ninety seconds as being a real opportunity to to ditch that sense of lack of achievement, to get more connected, like really connected to others. I, I would love for you to um, sort of give us a little window into that.
1: Well, there's a, there's a, I want to wander through a number of different things in order to answer that question. Great. So, um, so t- let me, let me clarify just a moment. You, you actually correctly picked up on the, this notion that I do want people to stop being con- uh, disconnected from others. But, but the, my first mission is actually to help people stop being disconnected from themselves. Mm. So, and that once one is more well-connected to oneself, then organically it naturally leads to being more connected to others. So, right. so, so if someone is shutting down on their own experience of the truth of what they experience, then they're actually disconnecting from an important source of information for themselves, and they're uh, they're actually deadening themselves on and an how, emotional on an emotional level. And
0: sure. How are they doing that in day to day life? What are some examples of what that looks like?
1: Well, if uh, if one were to read chapter four, <laughs>
0: <laughs> for example, yeah, for example. <laughs>
1: The entire, almost the entirety of, of, with the exception of talking about this whole notion of what it means to lose control, mm. or or, not, or being a control freak, um, the whole rest of the chapter is probably thirty plus ways of identifying how people disconnect and distract. And I mean, it's the common everyday things, so things like social media as a distraction, TV is a distraction. Uh, Shopping is a distraction. Pornography is a distraction. Sex is a distraction. Substance abuse is a distraction, whether it's alcohol or any other kind of drugs. Let's see. Um, did I, I think I said shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we, chaos is a distraction.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, geographic moves are a distraction. Um, having feelings about having feelings is a distraction. Oh, Anxiety whoa. is a distraction. Oh,
0: okay, hold on. <laughs> having feelings about having feelings. I know I'm gonna get a, a ton of questions about that. Unpack <laughs> yep. that please.
1: Okay. Well it's if I'm angry that I'm sad.
0: Ah, gotcha. Yes. Or
1: or if I'm or if I'm disappointed that I'm angry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm laughing because that, I have so. I think I did that this week. Yeah.
1: Oh,
2: okay. There you
1: go. <laughs> then, then what it does is it tries to move us away from the from the initial experience and the truth of what what, what we're going through.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So reasoning away is a distraction. Mm. Let's see. There was a beyond blaming I mean, I, people. Would that be a blame,
0: distraction?
1: Blaming, blame, Yes, blaming is a distraction. Let's see. Getting stuck in the past is a distraction. Getting wor—getting stuck in worrying about the future is a distraction. Mm. I, I mean, I the probably
0: I think all of those are in the book.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: and harsh self-criticism mm. is a distraction.
0: Yeah. And whether we do that openly or secretly, that there's a lot of that going on. I know just from having coffee with girlfriends. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So to, to then come back
1: a, a little bit to your question, then if we're using these other kind of metrics that involve comparison, then comparison is a distraction. Yeah. You're, not, you're not centered in yourself if you're lost in comparison. And, and you're ignoring really your own metric of success. Who, and the, the metric being who do you want to be in the world and how do you want to show up?
0: So that sounds uh, quite uh, quite an undertaking for people who are completely disconnected from themselves and who haven't even realized that yet. And hopefully today's chat is that first step. They get the book. They then actually start to unpack this. But what would be some of the uh, simplest ways for us, I guess, to reconnect to ourselves and to not be afraid to do that?
1: Uh, well, I come back to the, the, the whole approach. I mean, let me, let me walk us back a little bit. The, mm. the, the title of the book is 90 seconds to a life you love mm. and the 90, think of the 90 seconds as the method.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and the method is a one choice, eight feelings, 90 seconds. Mm. And, and I, again, and again, I'll, if you bear with me to unpack it a little bit. And then the, the subtitle is how to master your difficult feelings to cultivate lasting confidence resilience, and authenticity mm. so th- the focus of the book is on those eight feelings yeah the um the, the it's the title of the book that's really the method so but but let's let's walk through the rest of it because then it'll take us back to how we connect and how we stay actually centered in the things that are the most important to us mm. so so the—and the, uh, we, we've done two parts of it. We've talked about—we've started to talk about the eight feelings, and we've also talked about the 90 seconds part. And the 90—again, the, the whole notion here is that uh, the most important piece I keep in mind is that is that I can—the uh, goal is to uh, stay—you stay, uh, know, so I'll do the whole piece. The one choice is— uh to to choose into awareness as opposed to avoidance mm. and avoidance is this the distraction we've been talking about yeah. and and so what you want to do is to be aware as aware of and in touch with as much of your moment to moment experience as possible that that's the choosing into awareness so what i want people to do is to know what they know which keeps them in awareness
2: mm-hmm.
1: or to be aware of what they're aware of or to notice what they notice as a way to stay connected to themselves, as opposed to trying not to know what they know. Mm. And that's all the different ways that, that we've started to talk about and, in terms of how you distract yourself, and that's all, the, that whole checklist that's kind of uh, run through all of chapter four.
2: Yeah.
1: So, so what I want people to do is to allow themselves to know what they know, stay aware, choose into awareness as much as possible, and to be in touch with the whole range of what they experience by riding one or more 90-second bodily sensation waves of one or more of eight unpleasant feelings. Mm. If you do that, you stay very well connected to yourself. And then then there's other things that emanate from that. Yeah. Uh, Right? So when we do that we get insights if we check out we don't get those insights if we yeah yeah. no go ahead go ahead
0: no no it's so true i'm i'm listening and I'm, i'm i'm finding it quite uh in an introspective conversation because it instantly calls you to have a look at your own life just to hear you speak about it um, so yeah, that, that's <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I'm having my own private psychology session with uh, Dr. Joan Rosenberg. It's very, very helpful. <laughs> Awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, what you say is absolutely true and you put it so well in the book and it really does feel like people get a roadmap. And I guess the reason I'm asking you questions, even though, uh, it, it it's, it's so comprehensive in the book is to, to get people to understand just how useful this book is going to be for people because we are completely disconnected and we shy away from a lot of the hard work that would actually be a springboard to a much more meaningful life if we faced it head on.
1: Oh, absolutely, and what people don't understand and and what I'm trying to get people to understand. And it's it's talked about in other arenas. Mindfulness talks about it, meditation talks about it the, the, you know those those discipline areas or dis, uh, disciplines talk about it but but the it, i think of all the all of those kinds of things as applied in this book and and the beauty of it is is once you get how simple it is it actually does it comes much more easily does it take practice yeah it takes practice You have to change your thinking about things. You have to see things from a different perspective. And you have to be willing to stay present in ways that you haven't before. And is it going to put you in touch with stuff that might be uncomfortable to be aware of or to experience? Yep. Mm -hmm. But the key key is that you'll understand more and more how capable you become because you're actually doing that.
0: So is it almost like we are empowering ourselves, giving ourselves more resilience, giving ourselves more confidence because we're actually dealing with the mini-challenges of these feelings head-on?
1: Absolutely, in fact, in fact, for me this is the foundation. Mm. The, and, and again, what I want people to get is that the, these unpleasant feelings, and notice I use the word unpleasant, or yeah. uncomfortable, or unsettling, that the, the, these feelings exist for us because they are protective in nature. That's, that's why they exist for us. It's actually to be protective. And so I, I want to move people away from using language that they're negative or bad because mm-hmm. they're not. They're they're just they're just physically uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, of, because of the because kind of the bodily sensation or the waves of bodily sensations. And and if you get that then it's like okay, I can stay present to that. It actually doesn't feel horrible because I know it's not going to last that long. Mm. And 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 then and then this this is the foundational piece to confidence mm. there's more to it but it's the foundational piece i can't have people do the other pieces that are important to uh, to dealing with these feelings um i can't do, i can't have them do the other things that create confidence until they're willing to deal with these eight unpleasant feelings
0: gosh and you see how anxiety has become such an issue in our young children today And you can kind of see why, you know, we want to take all the unpleasantness and discomfort away from our kids uh, with helicopter parenting and, you know, like walking them to school till they're 12 and all that. It's almost (laughs) like we're taking away too many resilience building opportunities of micro unpleasantness. And and doing them a disservice in the long run. I just had like a huge, as a parent of a young child, a huge sort of awakening. uh, The the stats that are um, running around these days with um, with really like unconfident kids.
1: Right. Well, and and if they don't, if they can't experience and move through those eight unpleasant feelings, life is going to be a whole heck of a lot harder.
0: Mm. So, as parents, then, how do we? Uh, how do we coach them through these unpleasant feelings and help them know it's okay and actually beneficial to move through them head on?
1: That really well. The first step, truthfully, is that the parent you, you, as parents, deal with your own stuff yeah. first.
0: <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> like I <laughs> knew oops, you were going to say that. <laughs> oops, sorry. <laughs> right, and and and
1: it, 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 so and again, there's a number of different things here. It's I think of. I think of children developing to the emotional range of of what they were exposed to as children. So you got exposed to an explosive parent, then you're either going to go, "I'm I'm going to be like that. I can do that too, uh, and run rampant over other people and ignore what's really going on," or I can I'll get to the the other degree and I'll be totally withdrawn and never express my feelings. Mm-hmm. So or or you get a parent that is confident and is responsive and fair and kind of consistently appropriate in, in terms of their responding. And then you learn a whole different range, right? Yes. So, and, and where do we get it from? We get it from our own parents. So our, you know, as, as, as parents, we got to look at the way we deal with stuff. And we also, that may entail us looking at how we were parented, which might move us into other stuff that we, emotional stuff that we have to deal with and you know, lacking really good terms for that. But the, and then with children the first step is really looking at yourself
2: mm.
1: uh, and and making a, a creating a situation for yourself where you're actually being more responsive and less reactive and you're dealing with your own eight unpleasant feelings and then with children when they get into situations that are frustrating they you know they didn't get selected on a team they didn't they uh, uh, they didn't perform well at a music recital They uh, got embarrassed by falling down during a gymnastics routine. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm. You don't blow past it with the child. What you do is you you talk with the child, have them talk through what happened, and and join with them. In fact, you join with them first by saying, "Bummer," you know. It's like that was hard, Mm. or that was upsetting, or or that was frustrating, or that was sad, or I know you were embarrassed. And, and the truth is is that you can handle this embarrassed and you can continue. Yeah. The, thing is not, is the thing is then to help the child put language to the experience they're having, put words to the experience and, and then, and you're doing it first by going that was sad or I know you're embarrassed
2: yeah.
1: um, and, 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 or I know you're angry that it didn't work out the way you wanted or I know you're disappointed that it didn't work out and so you say those words, but you have to be able to be present to your own feelings before you can say those words to your child. Because mm. you won't, you, you, so that, so that's, again, that's why the first step is with the parent. The second step is to reflect that experience in the child, let the child then talk about it. And now they can organize their own ability to experience the feeling, to self sue. That's like, sweetheart, this is going to pass. Mm. And the key is we don't let we don't let things that are, are unpleasant or uncomfortable like this stop us in our pursuit of what we want. Mm. Okay, so you didn't get picked on this team. Maybe what do we need to do? What can we learn from this? Um, do we need do we need to help you develop more skills, or or is it just you you go at it and you go again? Mm. Uh, Right, so so it doesn't, it, and you don't go to the problem solving before you do the feelings. You yes,
2: do
0: the, so do, classic, because so often okay. we just do the. It's going to be okay, sweetie. Let's uh, let's put on another day of basketball next term so that you can get better. And like you, straight to solution because you want to kind of help them feel better straight away. But like this comes back to exactly what you were saying before when I was talking about how you want to help us connect better to others and you stopped me dead in my tracks and said, hold on, we got to work on connection (laughs) to the self first before we can connect to others. And I feel like this is why you keep saying, okay, parents work on yourself first. Otherwise you're not going to be able to have that empathy and feel the feelings with the child. You will move to problem solving too fast.
1: And 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 I will tell you, and and this is this is in chapter seven. It's 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 at the, at the back of chapter seven, mm-hmm. it's towards is the end of it, which is uh, the speaking chapter, and it's probably my longest chapter in the book, and which which gives you an idea of just how important I think it is. But the I talk about that the 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 problem solve is to reflect the feeling back to a child that's under 20 or a child that is over 20,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you get my drift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So whether it's you're responding to a child or you're responding to an adult, <laughs> yeah. the, the response is to reflect the feeling first. That's because when somebody it, it hears that, that's when they will describe feeling understood. Yep. After they and my own bias, there's no way for me to scientifically prove it, or maybe there is, but I, I'm, my, my, I probably won't go do this. Is that I think it 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 certainly calms us down, and I think it actually calms the nervous system down.
2: Yeah. Then
1: then you can move to problem solving.
0: Well, and you can't problem solve effectively if your nervous system's haywire. That's exactly right. So mm. so so respond to
1: the feeling. And and then and then you can problem solve once the child, or the or the adult in this case has has settled down. Mm-hmm. It's like stay with the feeling, then move to the other stuff.
0: That's why it's it's just start with the hug and the cup of tea. <laughs> Let's just get that done and sit with it for a while, and then right. we can problem solve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, now we're talking about all of these unpleasant feelings, and I'm curious to know. Uh, if you would mind sharing a personal example of dealing with an unpleasant feeling, if you remember one recently, or if you wanted to share something from the book,
1: you know, I what I I told you I would I would be totally transparent here. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so so I so and and again, just to give you an idea of how how I try to work through some of this stuff, this I I I feel like I've been sitting on a goldmine of information because I first started this for like twenty five years. Mm and and it's just working away kind of you know client by client super supervisory situations with other clients kind of over and over for for this period of time when i first started to to kind of pull all the information together and and i've ended up uh, my book came out uh, as we're on the interview right now my book came out roughly 3 weeks ago and and there's a lot of other books of colleagues of mine friends and colleagues of mine that have come out and and you know they hit higher on the list and uh you know wherever it was that they ranked on amazon or they did this or they did that and and so there's a there's a part of me that felt like oh you know i'm kind of in the shadows here it's like i i, I didn't start out you know with that that same level of bang and and what have you so so what I was experiencing was was disappointment I was like uh, I, w- I, w- I wish it could have been a little bit different right Aww. but right so but it's I mean it's not I don't look at that as a bad thing it's yeah. it's like you know you know it's like this is the, and and, and you know, as a colleague of mine would uh, always says in situations like this is this is what it looks like if you will on the way to the dream mm.
2: this
1: so. So for me, it's then what did I have to do? It's like okay, the truth of the matter is I'm disappointed. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's doing poorly. It just means that I would I've loved for for it to look a little bit different out the gate. Sure, did it? No. Okay, disappointed. Got it. Um, so so it's just staying present to the feeling. Yeah. And the, and then it's it's self reflecting and it's like okay, let me let me stay with it and understand what I can learn from this. And, and it's, it's like, okay, it, the message is so much bigger than me. Mm. And my, my goal is simply to serve the message. So, so it, does that, does that mean uh, a marathon? I'm in the marathon anyway. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So, so then, so then for me, it's, I'm going to do whatever I can and I'm just going to keep going. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop. It doesn't going to mean I'm going to let disappointment set me off. It's, it's just that I recognize that it's it, what is it? its if you, you, we, and, and at the end of the book, I talk about we fail. All of us fail our way to success. So, yep. fa- fail, failure, meaning learning opportunity. So, I've just, I've just learned opportunity on my way to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's just staying present to the feeling, and it's, it's then finding other ways to be resilient and and hold an attitude or hold a variety of attitudes they 're going to keep me in the game and keep me going till the message is as well served as as it can be
0: yeah, and uh, you know this is this is the, the the thinking I was trying to learn from everything you 've talked about so far, and hearing your disappointment and your vulnerability there. I still wanted to jump in and say, you kidding me? It was amazing. You're going so great. And instead of actually sitting with you in the feeling. Right. And then I I quickly changed because I wanted to go there. But that is just such a great lesson, literally learning it live. And I hope everybody's tuned into that um, to, you know, we can – we can read a book, but until we start really practicing it and developing awareness around our desire to problem solve straight away and and lift people up straight away instead of sitting with the feeling, then we're not going to move forward with this and really, really uh, use this opportunity to connect at a deeper level.
1: That's beautiful. That's actually that's really, really beautiful. Mm. You know, and, and I think the other thing, because because what you're doing is you're taking the learning and you're applying it immediately. So yeah. it's I mean. That's that's wonderful to hear. Uh, the uh, the other part for me is notice that what I didn't do is I didn't go into judging myself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I, okay. I didn't start I didn't start going. Well, I'm a failure or I'm I'm no good or you know it, it's it's never going to happen or didn't go I didn't go there. Yeah. Uh, where where I went was being in the experience and then how can I uh, asking questions. About how can I be more resourceful? Mm. right? And yeah. so so, yeah. so that's that's where the learning comes. It's like stay present to the feeling, and then it's like, if it's important enough, if, whatever whatever your mission is, whatever your value is, whatever dream you hold, whatever thing that you want to pursue and develop or skill you want to uh, develop mastery at, it's like, it's just like, no, it's about perseverance. Mm. So, so it's like, then, then shift over, stay with the experience, learn what you can, and then shift over to, to being more resilient. Choose those attitudes that are going to keep you in the game.
0: Yeah. Can I share a really personal story about last yes. night? Okay. So, cause I've obviously been reading your book, preparing for our interview and, uh, And I was thinking about my beautiful son who really has connected to this idea of how it would feel to be really great at maths. And I'm supporting him with some extra tutoring and doing work with him uh, to help him achieve his goal. But last night I was out to dinner and I get home. Babysitter says, so he said he wanted to take his book into his room and work on some big maths. So I just kind of let him, he wanted to do that in bed. And I was like, oh, did he? You know, I was so excited for him. So I get the babysitter out the door, everything, go into my son's room. And there he is. He's written out just randomly a whole bunch of huge numbers and he's started adding them all up. And he's developed his theory as as to how he's going to go about that. And then he comes running out to the living room, and goes, Mum, Mum, get the calculator out and add all of these up. I've got my answer. I just want to make sure it matches. And it didn't match. And uh and I could see, you know, he'd been working on this for half an hour and I could see his disappointment. He disappointed right, right. was, he was so disappointed. And I was like, "Sweetie, you've done so much hard work. I can see how that would be so disappointing. This really sucks." Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and and how do you feel? And so he he sort of said, "You know, I feel like I, you know, I I really tried, but I enjoyed it while I was trying." And I was mm. like, that's great, sweetheart. And, you know, mathematicians, like, they fail more than anybody. They literally try to solve the hardest problems in the world and mm-hmm. fail a million times until they succeed. So right. what you're actually on the on the path to being is a brilliant mathematician right now. And he just, he was so excited. But I, I, I felt the feelings with him first. And that was Correct. really yeah. important. And I could see that he felt supported.
1: That's fantastic. Yes. And that's, and that's exactly what I'm talking about is that Mm. it's like you join him in the disappointment and, 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 and and if I finesse it just a touch, um, what you did was great, but, and you actually didn't even have to ask him what he was feeling in the moment. If, if he, if I would say, give that a beat and see if he actually comes up and describes what he was feeling even more. I like that. Uh, yeah, uh, and 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 if he didn't, then it would be doing exactly what you did, would be to say, and you know, you know what are you feeling about that? So,
0: yeah, yeah. and yeah, so no, many but, amazing but, opportunities oh, to connect. Yes, oh, and beautiful.
1: Just again, same thing. It was it, that? Would that's a phenomenal response for any parent to make to their child? It was great.
0: Thanks, Joan. Everybody, I've been given the royalty. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. You went. You again.
1: You moved. You moved to connect through the feeling, which allows him to organize the feeling inside himself.
0: Yeah, it's and I can imagine all the parents or anyone really, with a friend or a colleague or a partner or anybody who then next has the wit the you know bears witness to someone experiencing an unpleasant feeling and I can see that we're going to approach that with a different level of awareness and potentially our own, of course, which is most important to start with. Yeah.
1: Right. Can I take us off a, off the trail for a moment?
0: I am the tangent queen, Joan, so okay. you can right. tangent All as right. much as you like. Well, it's, it's what's
1: being elicited from our conversation. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, And that is that if you think about when people escalate mm-hmm. in, in conversations, that they, the, the voices get louder and then the language changes and people get meaner and more sarcastic or more cruel or more whatever – What's what's being missed here is that they they wanted to be understood and they're escalating because they're they're not. Mm. So so if you think about the raised voice, the idea is that in quotes, you'll hear me better if I tell you louder. Mm. Right. But but that hearing just makes it less safe. and, And so it's harder to understand. Yeah and harder to respond.
0: Do you feel that, like that's what's happening kind of globally right now? It feels like there's a lot more anger, a lot more outward, loud, abrasive anger in the world. Do you feel like well, the, the I, core I, of that could be people just don't feel heard?
1: Uh I think it's more complex than that mm-hmm. because 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 uh there is in it, it, <laughs> Uh, on my side of the pond,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: there, uh, there's uh, there's intentional mistreatment, yes, and an intentional fostering of lack of safety, mm. and 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 only blame and no responsibility taking.
0: Mm. Oh, we have plenty of that but, too. It's, right,
1: I understand. <laughs> it's not explosive to you, I, yeah. I, I, yes, I, I do understand mm. that, but but it's but you can't then what's being created is an atmosphere of that being okay yeah and and but but the way all of this changes is when we come back to taking full responsibility for ourselves and how we're responding mm. and and then and my what I talk about throughout the book is this whole notion of being positive kind and well intentioned mm. Uh, but that's not, that's clearly not the focus in the moment. Mm. So I think there's a lot of I,
0: distraction, right? Coming back to exactly,
1: chapter four. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and so, so the, the certainly are there, there are many that are trying to get us back to our shared humanity and, and that experience of being positive, kind and well-intended. Um, so, but, but, you know, we have, we have work to do. I should say we
0: do. I saw your tangent and I raised it, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, uh, you did. So, um, yeah. but but the but again, coming back to, to to the idea of of escalation in in when people get into arguments, what's happening is that people want to be heard, but the when people want to be heard, put put in air quotes, understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right. And, and the way we understand is to respond to the feelings first.
0: Yes. I think that if, if there's one thing that everybody takes out of today is are we responding to the feelings first or are we trying to move on from them? Because if we move on too quick, we miss the opportunity to really, really bond over what's going on right in front of us.
1: Absolutely true. Mm.
0: Um, Now faulty thinking I want to move us on to there. Can we talk about that? Uh, and is this simply about thinking that doesn't serve us, or is it deeper than that? Um, i I would
1: agree that it it is definitely thinking that doesn't serve us, but I do also think it's a little bit more complicated than that mm. because it's it's not only what we think that gets us into trouble. So uh, so, if i think i'm so stupid or things never go my way or anything that looks or smells or whatever sounds like or is similar to that then then the actual thoughts we're thinking can if they're they're negative and they're harshly self-critical are are on their own that that kind of thing doesn't serve us but it's but it's not only what we think it's also the patterns That we our our patterns of thinking. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So if if for instance I only think negative thoughts, or I only anticipate negative outcomes, then that and that's what I do all the time. Then that's a pattern of thinking, and the pattern of thinking creates its own damage. So it's 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 what we think and it's how we think it. That it, both both parts of that are damaging.
2: Mm.
0: And in terms of uh, the the moving through the eight <laughs> feelings of unpleasantness. Mm-hmm. Sure. How do we then link this as an opportunity to think less faultily? <laughs>
1: <laughs> think that less could be such
0: a faulty well,
1: well no there mm. is i mean mm. and i didn't I, I mean there there are countless books and whole disciplines dedicated yeah. to this the whole the whole cognitive behavioral approach in in terms of therapy is really built on these premises and, and so so think of of managing your feelings in a different way which is r- really what the book is centered on uh, the bulk of the book is centered on as one very important source of information and something that we have to kind of clean up and, and do more effectively if we want to live more fully and more alive and happier, et cetera, more confident. But the, but we also have to clean up our thinking and I couldn't, I couldn't ignore that.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. So yeah. it's, so it's, it's um, what we think, it's how we think it, it's how we experience and express our feelings and, uh, and then it's also kind of our behavior. So those are the super basic, um, but there's a lot contained in each, each one of those. And I, I couldn't ignore that that the kind of thinking that people get into that actually becomes very destruct, self-destructive, mm. and and very damaging. You know, we we think and, and the and the idea of kind of um, of uh, and, then, and the and both. The negative, anticipating negative outcomes, and the uh, anticipating also, or just only thinking negative thoughts, Uh, and there's all sorts of different ways to do that. There's you know twenty plus different ways to do that, and then I get into what I call bad emotional math, and I do a whole chart on that. Things like things like thinking that our our past equals our future is Mm. bad emotional bad emotional math. Uh, So that it's understanding that the more, we th- the more we think those kinds of thoughts and the more we get into those patterns of thinking, the more depressed we feel and the more constricted our life feels. So, so I, couldn't, I just couldn't ignore talking about it in the book.
0: Well, it's so important and it links back to the case you make for facing these waves of unpleasantness head on. As opportunities right. to actually change our faulty thinking and 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 leave it behind, literally, because it's obviously the past that 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 has created that product, but it doesn't have to be the future.
1: Correct, absolutely true. Yes. Mm. Yeah.
0: Now, I want to ask you about compliments because you talk about this a little, and I heard you talking about it in the wonderful interview that uh, Dr. Alyssa Song did with you on her. Uh, facebook and um it was it, it was about kind of the the self criticism we kind of undertake in, in a very unhealthy way and which is in part perpetuated by the media by seeing other people do well and seeing that as an indication that we're not therefore doing as well um but also that we seem to uh to our detriment reject compliments when they come our way and you think compliments are really important, um, and I would love to hear you share some, some of your wisdom around that.
1: I, I do think compliments are really important, and, and hopefully we can also come back to the, the harsh self-criticism mm, yeah. piece of it too. The, <clears throat> but I, most people get into a, a habit of dismissing them or mm-hmm. devaluing them or, or downplaying them. And and I in the book I actually think I give a list of about 18 to 20 what I call compliment blockers. You know, and 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 I think yeah. I think in in your cult in your culture that's the tall poppy syndrome. It sure is. Oh
0: my gosh. Uh,
1: but but the but the whole notion for me is that you know they they compliments don't come out of the blue or they don't come out of thin air. Mm. It's not like I just reach up to the sky and I go, "Oh here, you know, Alex, let me let me compliment you and just give you this thing that I found in the air. that's not the way it works. yeah, okay. it, the the reason a compliment occurs is because I'm having an experience of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and and it so it comes from an some kind of an engaged experience typically of you. yeah uh, even even if I'm a spectator listening to Lady Gaga, right? Mm, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. i'm 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 in in some kind of an experience. And, and so that when I compliment you and say how deeply I was touched by something, either that you said or you did or you performed or whatever it is, then it's a reflection of you back to you. Mm-hmm. So, so a compliment is a mirror back to you. It's a reflection back to you. And if you dismiss it, then you're dismissing the reality of what just occurred that what you just did or said or accomplished and and if you and if you dismiss it you're also kind of dismissing someone else's reality of what just occurred
2: mm.
1: but the but the the even more important part of it is that is that when you allow yourself to take them in and you get certain kinds of compliments consistently enough, I think what it does is it allows you to update your self-image. Huh. And, and without that, sometimes you just stay thinking you've remained the same. Hmm. So, so compliments help you also have an experience of progression in your life, that you've progressed forward. Hmm. And and what I've talked about there is also this idea that that you might also realize that who you most desired to become, you already are.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Thank you. That's <laughs> that's that's why that's why compliments are so important.
0: I, I paused intentionally there because I really feel like that is a hundred percent true. And you know all the striving, all the secret yearning to progress, if we actually stepped into the compliments we received, we would realize we are not only well on our way but potentially already there. It's so powerful, yeah yep. mm. yep. um, so let's circle back then to the self criticism piece because they're I feel they're they're so interrelated anyway uh I just see so much self criticism I see I see things making us criticize ourselves that we didn't even realize we needed to criticize ourselves about. Case in point, a boom gate on my local, local shopping center with a little kind of flip down ad for the local injectables clinic for Botox saying, lips you can finally love for four ninety nine. And I was like, you know, I'm luckily strong within myself and, and don't think for a second I need to do a thing to my lips. But Someone who was potentially more vulnerable uh, or was having uh, inner criticism experience, giving themselves inner criticism on a daily basis could see something like that and think, oh, yeah, my lips are really thin. Maybe that's why I don't have a boyfriend right now. Or, you know, they could go down that trip and then walk into that clinic and think they need to spend nearly 500 bucks to be loved um, and, you know, that's just one small example of something I see regularly in my local shopping center as an ad that sort of that backs people into a corner to criticize themselves for something they don't even need to criticize themselves for. But, um, I'd love to hear you talk about, uh, how we can unpack the damage that self criticism does.
1: Uh, I think it's probably. One of the most crucial things that we change mm. uh, is is to move away from it, and and I, it, we've got to move. We've got to understand that when we get lost into that kind of comparison thinking, yeah. we've we've just lost our own center of power. Mm. Um, that that and everything coming at us from the outside. Again, it doesn't. And I, I want to play with your language a little bit. Um, it it doesn't make us do it. You know, we we're to your other point, where we become susceptible to it.
2: Yeah.
1: But but it's it's understanding that we don't we don't have to choose into comparing ourselves with others yeah. instead and and so that the comparison, think of the comparison as a distraction from unpleasant feelings.
0: Mm, that is a good so, one. why right? do I feel like my lips are too What's that? Yeah. That. So right. Yeah. Well, so if, if we play if
1: we play it out the way you described it, then if I compare myself and think my thin lips is the reason I don't have a boyfriend, mm. then get, then get away from the comparison and mm. go to, to go and instead go, I'm disappointed. I don't have a boyfriend.
2: Mm. That's I'm, the real issue. Uh, right. That's yeah. the real
1: issue. I'm sad that I don't have a boyfriend. It has nothing to do with thin lips. Mm. Right, so so it's it when you understand that comparison is is simply a distraction from unpleasant feelings, then then you just bring yourself right back. I was like, okay, rather than me getting pulled into this next ad
2: mm.
1: asking me to, or or rather than then looking at you know my next door neighbor or the things that they possess or how or the they behave. Or
0: the top ten book sales well, in the U.S. as you were right. talking it, about. It, it's yeah,
1: right. it's not about it's not about that. Mm. Not about that at all. it's it's about it's about some other feeling. So for me, when when I was describing the the, the other part of it, it was disappointment. Mm.
2: <coughs> it was like
1: excuse me. so so comparison is a distraction, and harsh self-criticism is a distraction from unpleasant feelings or potentially unpleasant knowings. so that so that when you start to do that, you're actually—it's what I call a thight, thought hijack of unpleasant feelings, and and that what ends up happening. I, I, again, I I talk about this in the book that I watched a graduate student that I was working with, uh, seeing for psychotherapy, talk about feeling really frustrated about working on his doctoral thesis and and he you know he was kind of bemoaning all the things that were frustrating him and then all of a sudden i heard that language switch from from being frustrated to feeling in quotes feeling unworthy inadequate and undeserving mm-hmm. and, and and in my head i'm going whoa wait a minute how did he get from frustration to unworthiness undeservedness and and not being worthwhile and and uh, and so it was like oh wait he shifted to thinking so anything anything that smacks of evaluating yourself
2: mm.
1: is thinking and, and not, why yeah. and and not feeling so yeah. so so then anybody who then describes themselves, so i'm going to catch people on this one but but it's a good catch it's any when you describe yourself as inadequate that's not a feeling that you're—that's a—it's like you're thinking ad- inadequate. You're not—you're not feeling inadequate,
2: hmm.
1: right? So yeah. I want to—I ch- want to challenge that so that people will move off the harsh self-criticism, and—and and the other part of this is that, so what ended up happening in terms of, of kind of watching what he did is understanding that we—we're not in control of, our feelings per se. We once where they come into our awareness and And bodily sensation travels faster than thoughts. Mm. So once they come into our awareness then then we can manage them and or modulate them. but But we're not in charge of that we feel or what we feel. But we are in charge of how we think and what we think. Mm. so so and if that, I, could
0: that be why we are lured into more thinking and less feeling because we need a sense of control? Is that what's holding us back in pot? I,
1: uh, that's a big piece of it, sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, big contributor. So, so what ends up happening then is I, I feel something unpleasant and, and the, next, the next move is to then be harshly self-critical. It's like, oh, I was so stupid, uh, you know, I, I can't do these things, I won't ever have this, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. And, and it's just understanding is that the moment you shift into harsh self-criticism, you've now done what you could, because you're in charge of how frequently you think it, how intensely you think it, uh, all those kinds of things, when you start and when you stop thinking those things, and that, that it's, the, it's the delusion of control over the feeling experience. Mm. So now you've, now you've thought hijacked your feeling experience. And, and the idea here is that, is that we think that it's parallel.
0: Yes, right? that's right. I, right. I think we totally right, confuse I, the
1: two. Right. So yeah. I, I feel bad. So so now I'm in charge of thinking bad and I think <laughs> that my thinking and I think that my thinking bad is equivalent to my feeling bad. Mm. Well, on the surface of it, it it looks that way. But the truth is that your think your thinking harshly about yourself is considerably more damaging than just experiencing the feeling. Just experiencing the feeling, there's no damage. Yeah. At all. It's painful, but there's not damage.
0: And in fact, you know, true to exactly what you're describing throughout our entire chat, is that it actually gets you out the other side going, huh, I survived that, I'm all good. I actually, I'm fine. Exactly. Yeah, so you'd be less likely to catastrophize the more we actually just move through these unpleasant feelings.
1: Right, Mm. exactly right, exactly right. In fact, being able to experience and move through the eight unpleasant feelings, in my mind, is what makes, what allows people to feel capable in the world.
2: Mm.
0: And one, I, are, one of the other, sorry, did you want to finish that
1: thought? No, well, it's just, I just, what I, what I noticed is that, it's like, why, why is that? It's because they, when they choose to go take a risk or pursue something, they're already, they already know they can handle the emotional outcome of it not working out.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, we are like worst case scenario, and you go, "Oh, I, I can, I, I would survive that. That's fine. I can do that." So yes. we get yes. braver. Mm. Um, speaking up is something that you also say is a really important piece in the the confidence building uh, that we overall uh, need to be need to be working on, and I, I'd love to hear you just talk a little bit about how speaking up relates to, um, a sense of being our authentic selves or being genuine with others.
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. I do think that speaking up is crucial. It mm. would be the, it would be the second major step. Yeah. So being able to experience and move through our unpleasant feelings is the first foundational piece. The second one that I think is, is crucial is that we, that we speak up and, and the thing is it, it, so that we were assertive, we're, we're able to confront situations if they're unpleasant and say, say to somebody that, that something made them angry or, or uh, disappointed or to tell somebody to stop doing something. Or the flip side of it would be also to be able to, to ask a, a, a boss for a raise or a promotion or it might be to look at somebody, a new person that you've met. And you've had such a great time with them, and to be able to look at them and say, "Hey, you know what? I had a great time. I would love for us to get together again." So, it, or I, or I like you, or I love you, or it's, so it's the whole gamut. It's not just one side. Yeah, the whole of, shebang. Of, yeah, right. Of being able to speak up, so that, so that the the and I just, <laughs> I just think um, what what I think about when I think about our ability to do this is that it's um, it's like the super glue to confidence. Mm. And I, I don't believe that people feel fully confident in, until they feel like they can speak with ease, saying the things that they want to say, to whom they want to say, say them uh, kind of when, where, the whole thing. And I will put a caveat around this one as well because it needs to be from a place of being positive, kind, and well-intended. Mm. That it's, it's done with discretion and it's positive, kind, and well-intended. And that it's... It's what I want people to understand that it's it's not that you have confidence and then you speak. It's not that you know yourselves and then you speak.
0: So it's you, act, it, do you mean we can still be vulnerable, coming from a place of vulnerability and totally. almost being even shaky to speak?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But it's understanding that as you speak, not only will you come to know yourselves better or know yourself better, that's how you develop confidence. Mm. It's 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 through speaking that you develop confidence. It's not that you had confidence first. Yeah.
0: I'm just gonna wait till I have confidence and then I'm gonna speak up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Good luck. Said Good luck no with one that. improving anything <laughs> in their <laughs> life or the world
1: ever. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it's so, and it's also understanding that difficulty speaking up is not a speaking problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Difficulty speaking up is a difficulty feeling problem.
0: Mm, and there it is. Yeah.
1: I won't speak up if I don't experience and move through my eight unpleasant feelings comfortably well. Why? Because if I engage in conversation with you and it does it's not going the direction that I want. Not only do I have to deal with the discomfort of my own emotional discomfort, I have to deal with the discomfort of your emotional discomfort simultaneously. So I won't even start the conversation because I have to deal with those eight unpleasant feelings. And and I will throw in that, that the key then to vulnerability and being able to speak up and take these chances and take these risks, actually whether it's speaking or acting, taking action, is an understanding that the key to vulnerability, which means I could be hurt, mm. is to is to be able to handle the other seven feelings. Why? Because those other seven feelings are the most likely feeling outcome that you didn't want. If you know you can handle it, you know you can be vulnerable. Vulnerable. Mm.
0: And if you know you can be vulnerable, you know you can be you can. Speak. You can handle it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Amazing. So, so valuable. Um, And you just, you see so many people not tackling the big topics and in their own lives, it could be, you know, a tiny, like, I really liked your example of speaking up and asking for a raise because... Those are things you hear people whinging about in circles at every coffee that you have, and then they never actually ask for the raise. But it's almost like it's easier to criticize the boss who's not giving the raise than to feel the disappointment that you might potentially feel if they say no. So it's easier to just keep whinging about it.
1: Right. Yes. Mm.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow.
1: Yeah. There's a. And you also uh, you related this the speaking up to being more authentic or genuine and and. Uh, what again what i think happens in this regard is that that uh, the more you speak up the more you come to know yourself the more you come to know yourself um, and sometimes you'd be surprised what comes out of your mouth that you didn't realize that you <laughs> were thinking but but uh, you actually the you actually come to know what you think and feel more when you speak so that so that your experiences become more real when you speak about them you can't avoid them in the same way uh, as as you can if you stay silent And, and so speaking is a first step to authenticity Mm -hmm. and, and that, so again, not only do you develop a greater sense of yourself, it also helps you move towards congruence. And, and what do I mean by congruence is that your, your words match your action, your actions match your words and your words and actions match your thoughts Mm -hmm. and feelings. And when you do that and you have that experience of congruence, that's another measure of confidence settling in you. Mm. So, so it, it it helps you be more in sync with yourself when you're aligned. So, think that more congruence equals more authenticity and genuineness.
0: Absolutely, and I feel like that leads us perfectly into chapter ten. Love this chapter uh, because it really is the cementing of this idea that we're committing to uh, being our true self. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I feel like to to close off today, it'd be super cool to see how you might like to challenge each of us to do a little something this week every day to commit to being our true selves what would that look like if you challenged
1: us? (laughs) well in the in the in that chapter i do talk about a little bit of a kind of what i call a daily morning ritual and a daily evening ritual and And i don't want to
0: spoil it for people but at the same time i think it'd be really great if we did actually use this opportunity to create a little challenge that we could all take into our week
1: uh, well let's let's think of it as not um a, a spoiler alert, but it's <laughs> <laughs> but but instead it's it, you get the you get the early version before you have the book in your hand so um there's something on that order but but the, the the I would actually say I would want people to start with imagination mm. and 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 this is before doing kind of the the ritual piece, but it's it sort of becomes part of the ritual. Excuse me, and it's it's like what, and that would be to have people start to envision what they want from themselves or dream for themselves one to three years out. Yeah. So, and it's across all aspects of your life, your relationships, uh, the the uh, time if you have time available or money available, what you would be doing with that. Maybe it's about the impact you want to have or the contributions you want to make, Um, or it might be this notion of who it is that you you know that you want to become so or health it doesn't it doesn't matter The but, but it's like because you get to you get to create in part who you want to become and it's understanding that that life actually i think of life as being dynamic and almost as if life has a life itself and so it's malleable and changeable and the more you interact with it the more that you find that you can actually have it work with you and sometimes it even come through you um so that so that the the First part would be get an idea of what that that vision is for yourself, and then and the morning and, and the morning uh, to start the morning when you get up by by you know grab a notepad or something and <clears throat> just write a few things that you feel grateful for. Mm-hmm. Uh, write down also a few qualities about how you want to show up that day. Do you want to be more generous? Do you want to be more kind? Do you want to be more respectful? Do you want to be more um, more surprising and gift giving do you want to I mean it's like I don't know what it will be for you mm. Uh do you want to be more patient uh, it's, it's uh or more responsive and less reactive it, it's you get to decide who, the the who uh, you want to you want to be that day
0: yeah and um, it's really that, important that we do the deciding for ourselves you know so often we feel like we need to follow the guru on the internet who tells us this is what you need to do. But uh, if, if anyone's been listening for the last hour, it is really very much about making this your own because the true self piece is really what we're trying to cultivate here.
1: Yes, mm. yes, definitely. And then, and then to set an, a couple intentions for what you'd like to see the day become. So if there are certain things you want to complete – or, you know, sometimes this can be a little bit task oriented, but, but it can also be a big, bigger intention. Uh, and then to spend a little bit of time reading the vision that you wrote out earlier. And that would be the, the morning. So it would be, be, probably all of that could be done under 10 minutes and perhaps less than that. Uh, and then, so rather than doing social media, make, make that your ritual in the morning. Mm. And, and in the evening, it's to review your day so that you take a little bit of time and you kind of say, ask yourself, like what, like what can I learn from what transpired today? Um, and take some time again to, to read over your vision and let it, let it pour through you as if it's kind of, kind of uh, coming through your pores, literally through your, your skin pores. And in this case, it's also to identify your wins. So it's not just looking back and going, you know, kind of what, what didn't work and, and how can I respond to that and make that better? What did I learn? It's it's also what what how what wins took took place, um, and then uh, to take a moment to absorb any compliments you received, and because I, I want you to start to stack those positive compliments and be able to absorb them more fully. There's an exercise in in the chapter before that I ta- I talk about absorbing the positive. So, um, it's kind of a, a people kind of like that exercise.
2: Mm. So
1: um, it's. And then you can kind of, it's like the whole notion here is, am I becoming who I most want to be? And then you end your day with gratitude.
0: Beautiful. 90 seconds to a life you love, hey? We can do this.
1: (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. It all starts there.
0: It really does. And I want to thank you for writing this book because I think it's so necessary in a time where we are so fast moving through life and so busy and distracted. We're disconnected from nature, but we're also disconnected from our feelings. And even though our community tends to talk more about the nature connection piece, connection to our food, connection to where your cushion came from, who made your clothes and mm. all of that, the mind piece, you know, that's why I have a mind chapter in our low my low life book, food, body, home, and mind. The mind mm. is so important. And what you have gifted us here is a real opportunity to reconnect to ourselves and in doing that, really create a deeper connection with others. So I want to thank you, Joan, for writing the book and for joining me today to inspire others.
1: And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the message. Thank you so much.
0: You're very, very welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com. And there we have everything beautifully organised into food, home, body and mind topics, as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action. And there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at lowtoxlife and also on Facebook by page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lowtoxlife. So so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Lotox Life, and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show. You're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week.